I welcome Mr. Lafayette. You can welcome Mr. Stan. Yeah, you, you can keep doing the welcome. It's good. You should always have a consistent welcome. I can, I can do this. I can do the sign off. You can do the snarky comment halfway through the, the welcome. All right. You are listening to The Learning Factory. Please explain and justify your reasons for listening. Welcome back to The Learning Factory podcast, episode three. This week, we are discussing property. We're discussing property we are. in your local area. We've got some units for sale or rent to the highest bidder. Yes, and I, yeah, they're probably like those uh, those units you get in those little, you know, towns that that died in the fifties, where they're going quite cheap. <laughs> little gems, little gems if you find them, but going quite cheap otherwise. I reckon when I started teaching design, some of my units were like student flats, <laughs> poorly laid out, badly furnished, and smelled awful. Yes. Well, that's it. But it's always the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Mm. And sometimes that's the, that can be a bit of an issue in schools that we go to, particularly in the international setting where you uh, move around a bit. There might be a, a landlord there, a, 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 a real estate tycoon that, that owns and, and created all those units that think they're all wonderful. Don't touch um, my stuff. But yes. Yeah, you you walk in through the door, you go, this is a wholesome and collaborative department where we all value each other's opinions, except don't change anything because it's been like this since the dawn of time. That's right. Apprentice. You don't get an apprentice to build a unit, do you? (laughs) No. Well, you do because usually they're, well, no, actually, usually they're terrible. But there's a nugget. There's always a nugget in there. Just teach new kid. Don't talk till Easter. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't mind. Don't smile till Christmas. Don't talk till Easter. Here's here's your powerpoints. Go nuts. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, good units, bad units, elements of both, and ways that they can be incorporated into any setting. Really, is the general plan, isn't it? Yes, and I guess it's you know they're units that we we think work okay and work okay in the, um, I guess, in the environment that, that we're in with our schools, with the equipment and the, and the resources that we have available. Yeah, and it's, it's quite good because we're, we're at polar opposite ends of the spectrum with, in terms of stuff we have at the moment. Like I'm, I'm very much starting off and you are in a very established department. So something for all comers, hopefully. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay, so do you want to walk us through one of these units and tell us why it's awesome and why everyone should be doing this and then... With our huge listenership, you'll walk into any design department in the world and they're all going to be doing this one unit. <laughs> yeah, right. Good one. Um, well, I guess the, the, the first one that um, works well is our um, capture and culture unit that we have. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's probably similar to the unit you were talking about last week on the, on the show. Yeah, that was um, uh, that was the same unit, except I literally don't have the facilities to make furniture, so it had to change. It, it had to so, change. So there you go. There's your first nugget. Yeah, there we go. So you can all these units that we're we're going to talk about today. Um, I guess we talk about the reasons why we like them, um, why we think they work well, the IB connections that they have that uh, work well for an MYP 
setting and also some of the adaptations you can make to that in case uh, you you don't have what we're talking about. The capture a culture unit where we um, allow the students to, like you say, explore a misconception from a culture. Now that could be, you know, from, from where they're from, it could be pop culture, yeah. that type of thing. Really getting into like the definition of a culture rather than just the face of it. Exactly. Very much international mindedness. Yeah. And we talk about the, the, the common misconceptions with that. And I guess the, the, the problem they're trying to solve is they're trying to educate um, and inform the user of that chair about that misconception to understand that culture in a better way. One of the things that works really well is it really, it, it gets the kids talking about culture and, and what that means to them. And they all have a lot of discussions in the classroom as well about those misconceptions, particularly on different uh, types of music. Um, tattoos is often one that comes up with them. And the way that tattoo, the association that tattoos have, particularly in some Asian cultures here yeah i i actually had that that discussion not too long ago and it was it was a word we played a word association game as part of the criteria A research and and tattoos was my example and so of course a japanese student comes out with yakuza and you're like yeah there's the obvious negative connotation and then it, surprisingly one i hadn't thought of was the word haram came up it's like forbidden so it was like i hadn't even considered that with my background i was like oh yeah very interesting great discussion happened and then there was loads of back and forth and just really good kind of discussion on what that word meant and then the misconceptions around that culture as opposed to the original tattoo culture example it just went off on one it was really good Mm. without any trying on my behalf to lead that discussion (laughs) i guess the other part of this unit that we like is we to put a bit of a, a boundary on it, we say furniture um, and, and we change that up each year, whether it, it's a, a small table, a chair or whatever. So the last couple of years we've done chairs, um, even from mini chairs and, and regular chairs. I guess it depends a bit on the size of the, the cohort you've got going through. If um, Yeah, if you've got, and and what kind of workshop you have and cost materials, that kind of stuff. So this can, you know, you can go on the the mini style chairs, kids chairs, or you can go deck recliners if you want, but Adirondack deck chairs. Yeah, but it, it, it allows some, um, a, a boundary on where they can go, but it still doesn't stifle that creativity that they would have when they're creating it. Um, it's not like you're saying, we're all going to have a square pencil box with a sliding plywood lid. No. Don't knock the, don't knock the old good projects. <laughs> Which, and those, those projects are great for skill development and, and yeah. focusing on specific strands, but they don't necessarily allow for that full organic trip around the design cycle. Trip. Yeah. It is quite the trip. Yeah. It is. Some kids continually trip around the design cycle. And one of the other good things too um, is it's about the opportunity you've got with this unit to bring in skills and bring them in 
to specific strands, not just your C2 technical skills strand. A big part of this unit is joinery, um, I guess, and that's one of the science specifications that we give the kids that they they can't use fasteners when they're All right. creating the not- chair. Second week in a row, no screws and glue, please. We do some skill stuff about different types of joints and we can relate that into A2 and A3 because it's research and analysing products that are already there. We pull apart some of the old um, stools that are in the school that are falling apart. Um, And we're lucky that even though they're cheap as chips here, they're still made with joints and they don't have screws or anything in them. So it's really good. Yeah, or even you can, even if you have an old, terrible stool that's like falling apart you can say well the reason it's falling apart is because it was just butt jointed together and it's just held together with hopes and dreams so that's it you can yeah that's you can just say well this is crap can you make one better um yeah <laughs> i think that's that's really good like and, and the adaptation of those units can be quite widespread if if all you're trying to do is communicate an aspect of a, of a culture that's been misunderstood misconstrued or whatever, um, you can basically make anything. And having that, the thing they can make, the product area sort of defined by the teacher allows them to really get into the the actual inquiry part and the communication part rather than thinking up something to make. Yeah, and, and you get some very interesting, like, you, of course, you get your very basic shallow connections where a kid will paint the chair in the the colour of the country's flag. Or Green, white and gold chairs in my classroom. Whatever. Thank you very much. You get some absolute crackers in there as well. So one we had last year, um, the the chair was, it was very geometric. Um, it, it just looked really odd and unbalanced. Awesome, awesome skill went into it. Awesome um design really because the culture that the kid was portraying was that that every young girl in in south korea wants to have plastic surgery and she was saying it's not because beauty's beauty's not on the surface beauty's within and she was implying that for her chair that the beauty of the chair was through the way it was made rather than what it looked like at the end so i thought that was that was pretty deep so I quite it like the joints were awesome and it was just really well thought out, but the actual chair yeah. itself was a bit sort of all over the place. Well, to look at you would think it looked unfinished because it was weird angles and everything. But mm. when you actually then understood the the misconception that she was trying to educate people on, it was a a bloody good chair and. Like and then the more you look at it, the more you think this is actually a really amazing chair with the way she's got, you know, these angles and all those pieces to join up and and really seamless strong joints. And she used a, a variety of joints and, and it was it was quite good. Almost like it like it like it needed a like museum card beside it to kind of oh, I think tell so. you tell you what's going on with it. And then you you know, oh now I appreciate it more. That's quite it's cool. definitely one of those ones that you'd look at and you think, oh, yeah, not much, but it's, you'd keep coming back to it. And each time you look at it, you, you actually enjoy it more and more. So that was good. Yeah. Um, had uh, some other other things like surfboards and stuff about surf culture and 
and come in. Um, I think it was a couple of years ago, there was a one where the student tried to avoid glue altogether. And it just an interesting take on it. It was like, no mistakes allowed, sort of like, I will do this completely without glue. It's going to fit itself together. So like, I'm not sure what the culture was for that one. Uh, that was um, a Japanese, traditional Japanese craftsmanship. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Using the... Uh, basically gravity <laughs> hopes and dreams again hopes and dreams yeah yes yeah still there that oh. chair so those hopes oh, and dreams have lasted well um it, so some of those good elements of uh, uh ib that are in those it, it works really well in developing that international mindedness i get where yeah. i guess where kids are are really taking interest and learning about some of the more deeper things that people from around the world are looking at. Um, mm. That's quite good. It's, and with that too, it really fits a, uh, an international school well, where you've got kids from, from many different cultures. Um, that said, if you were at a design class in a, you know, a suburb of Sydney, where it was a, um, a government school that was doing MYP, it'd still be fine. You'd still get lots of um, different, yeah, there's, different ideas. There's a good opportunity. Through. There's a good opportunity there probably for, um, if you're in a state school, especially, like with a vastly similar demographic all the way through the school, you could go, you could link up with the another subject. You could even link up with inter individuals and societies and go, okay, let's pick... 20 different cultures uh, that you studied throughout the year in that class or, or, or something and have a, have a look at that so that you as almost randomly assign them a culture yeah. to look at. Yeah. Obviously you, you lose the, the intrinsic motivation of, of being able to look at a culture they're actually interested in. But for those who are struggling, you know, you always get the ones who go, Oh, I don't really know what I want to pick. You could assign them something like that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And it's also a good unit too, to, um, like a full design cycle unit, but one that really allows you to to ping around the design cycle, you know, make use of those multi-directional arrows yeah. between the, uh, the the stages and across the middle as well. So that's where the kids can really see how it all fits together. I don't know why I'm using my hands to talk about this when it's a, it's a podcast and no one's actually going to benefit my dog seems to be enjoying wondering what I'm doing, but gesticulating, I think is the word <laughs> gesticulating. Um, yeah. I, I like, like you're saying about the, the arrows and like, for example, in, in a two, you mentioned about researching wood joints or in the case of a digital product, you're re researching a particular process. And instead of just reading about it and putting together a research plan, you can actually spend a lesson doing the thing like creating a wood joint or, or whatever it might be. I know in the architecture version of this unit, we created um, CAD models as part of our research. So how are we going to prototype this? Well, we're going to use uh, computer-aided design. So we're going to get onto Fusion 360 or, or some other CAD program and learn how to use it. And that's going to be the research. So you're keeping active in each section. You're not just saving all the fun for Criteria C, um, yeah. which can often <laughs> be a trap. And and that allows you to you 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 can keep the kids 
on board. Like they're not, they don't disengage with it because they think, oh, this is just writing. This is what I've done in English and humanities all day. I just want yeah. to make stuff in design. Um, and, and also you can practice, like look at, at testing methods and, and different types of tests that you can do with, with what you're making beforehand yeah. so that that allows them then it, it gives them a better understanding of what what makes good specifications too or their success criteria as well yeah they, they can come in and say i want people to learn about this culture well there's your test right then and there just make a few more detailed That's, questions to go along with it yeah uh, and i mean and and the way way you can adapt it you can if you're in a school that maybe doesn't have a workshop or something you can you can adapt it to um, with cardboard you could flat make a flat pack product where you're creating something similar where you're capturing a culture and, and dispelling a, a misconception through a flat pack yeah. design um, with digital destination postcards you know those postcards they have from I don't know last century <laughs> it would often you know like it it might have this really uh, a simple print of um, like a, a a macaw or something and, and a, at Rio de Janeiro or, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah, like the old-style travel posters, yeah. Like visit yeah. sunny Ceylon kind of ones, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this can, For things like digital as well, this can be quite a short unit. If you're in a school that mandates you do four units a year, six units a year or something like that, you can keep this pretty pretty tight if you want to as well because all of the, the complexity of it is at the front end in A where you're... You're essentially getting the, the bones of the unit fleshed out in A1. Find your culture, find your problem and your misconception and go from there. And then you can take as long or as short as possible to get to the product. The The quality of the products that come out of this unit is really good. Not that it's all about the product. It's about the process. But it it's is. always good when you have a good product at the end. Yeah. Well, like if you're a, if you're a kid sitting in the room, the, the level of inquiry and evaluation is definitely secondary to the thing that you're taking home at the end of the unit. So, yeah, from a purist point of view, of course, yeah, they're all, all 16 strands are created equal, but from a student's point of view, from the customer's point of view. Different type of unit, this one, well, different in that it's not a, um, a full four criteria. It's just a, you can make it a, a BC challenge or, just have it as C if you really want. Design and make, yeah. Um, you don't even have to assess it if you don't want. You can just use it as really focusing on skills. Mm. Um, They're good units where, where you just just do the, where you just make something and like it's just a pure upskilling unit. It's not even a unit really, is it? It's a, it's an unassessed unit, I suppose. When we do this, because we do this often um, sort of just in between semesters, when you say to the kids, look, you're not going to be, I'm not assessing you on this. We're just, we're doing this to learn and to have fun. Um, and that's making skateboards. Class. So this is, this is probably the one unit where the kids really get into Criterion D, even though we don't really do it, when they get to test it and they ride their skateboards around the corridors of the school. Yeah. Um, yeah. Suddenly everyone becomes a skateboard not critic. Yeah, not so much appreciated by the admin of the school, but it's authentic, isn't it? So, yeah, I, when I tell them that this is authentic learning, it's quite. It can be quite a beefy 
academic unit if you if you were to make it really explicit to the kids you could say like actually there's a lot of a lot of material science in this there's a lot of sort of this actual science science there's some physics in here and different things like that if you really want to but as you say the point of this unit is primarily a b and c challenge so maybe just mentioning those things in passing is enough yeah and and this is where um you can see already dave you're you know dave's a dave's a dp teacher as well and you can see he's referencing to re- referencing to group four coming out there don't insult me and call me a dp teacher please I'm just a, I'm just a just a knowledgeable design teacher. Doesn't mean I always <laughs> want to teach CP. <laughs> oh, I love I love a good topic test. Oh, nothing makes my blood boil more than people who can't spell properly. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry to all the DP teachers out there. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So looking at the the different processes that are used, so with laminating, um, and then the importance of of following that process where, you know, looking at the, at the grain of the, of the wood you're using to ensure that structural integrity, but it still has that, you know, to have that flex that they need, allowing them to experiment with, you know, the, the size, shape, thickness of, of the skateboard that they've got. When does a really um, flexible longboard turn into two roller skates? Because you've stepped on it yeah, too hard. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I've lost me fucking train of thought. Um, yeah, so skills that they can use in a future unit, um, maybe not necessarily the very next unit, but maybe something in the following year where they're building, they they need a, it's a bigger project or that type of thing. Um, yeah, so that's it. Could be it could be a great inter- introduction to product design, or it could be even I was I was ripping ripping the piss out of DP teachers, but if you wanted to do this as an introduction to material science for uh, students going into diploma in MYP5, maybe. Yeah, handy. Um, and also I've, uh, I've used this as a uh, IDU as well. Ooh, with who? With art, with visual arts. By no means the best okay. uh, IDU. It was pretty ordinary, but it was about being able to expressing yourself. So coming up with your own style of skateboard, working on the, the the screen printing skills and the creating a stencil for underneath to really have your personality and whatever flicks your switch come through in the product. <laughs> Top 10 phrases you shouldn't say in front of a group of students. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good unit. I love that one. Yeah, that's that's a really good one. I think if you were to, you can. That's a pure product design unit, but it's just a really good one if your if your school is like starting out, or if you're not yeah. so sure about if you're not so sure about product design yourself and you've just been turfed into it, and somebody says you you've got a woodwork room, go for it. Might be a nice place to start. Yeah, yeah, and it's well, it's one too that you, you don't need big tools to do either. I mean, a couple of buckets full of glue, yeah, yeah. and no fasteners. <laughs> change the name of the podcast to no screws please uh yeah so we got we got a third unit you want to talk about or do you have anything to say to that one well the reason i chose this unit is because i think this is a very topical unit having some of the the stuff i do with myp teachers 
around the world, often um, when they're with their writing units or talking about um, possible unit ideas, this type of unit comes up, and that's about repurposing. This type of unit, I don't think it has any reasons why it's not a good unit. It, and I guess the one requirement that we place on the kids is it, it no, it cannot use anything that's that's new when they're it's making it. Store-bought, so, yeah. Well, yeah. this one, it's a really good unit, I find. Um, it makes you explore the local context. So for those of us who are international, um, you, you're probably in a developing country. Let's, let's be honest. Like most of the international schools uh, are, are in developing countries or, or newly industrialized countries. So you're going to have problems with waste. You're going to have problems with um, management of waste and things like that. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it, it allows students to explore that outside their, maybe their expat bubble. Or if you're in a state school, you can then look at what your own society is doing right or wrong with regards to, to waste management and, and repurposing materials and, and life cycle analysis of products and things like that. And as it pains me to say this, you know, if you're doing this with older kids too, it does have those links to topic two. So they are pushing on. Or Cass. The- they could do it with Cass. Oh, yeah. <whistles> Making links. And that's some of those things, right? Some of the, It's got great links to service in MYP as well. It's got great links um, to you can utilise the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals in this unit to do that. Just just a note on those, actually, because I think I think most schools are going towards using those for their service goals now, aren't they, at this stage? So, yeah, with, with the SDGs, like I've found that you can probably get a unit out of each one of those. If you were if you were saying like, oh, I need a design problem. Well, there's some pretty global problems. You can make a couple of units out of those. Yeah, and they're, they're units too. Like you can apply those. If you're, if you're coming up with a, um, like a, a real macro approach to it, you might focus more with the younger kids because you're not actually utilising um, a real... Obviously, there's real clients out there for you know global warming and stuff. Yeah. If they're going on a that approach, but to be able to make sure that they've got that client that they actually have access to to get feedback and test, that's one of the key things that they do need for the later years. Yeah. So that repurposing unit, it's like creating something from basically rubbish that they find in their own context, and then. How are they making it? How are they? Is there anything? We get them to make musical instruments. Um, so show them a clip um, from the Landfill Harmonic Orchestra um, that are from Asuncion in Paraguay. Um, kids that live on on a rubbish dump um, and they, you know, find old instruments or make instruments there guys that that run that landfill and then the kids play um and they've toured all over the world that's awesome but um so uh, for these guys we we do it with the young kids and it's about you know why should music only be available to the privileged yeah the the other approach we i found here is there's a company that makes 
uh, makes products from rice bags. So used rice bags. And um, we are intent, instead of say showing a clip like that, we were lucky enough to be able to bring in those people to the school and they talk about how they, uh, they're basically buying waste or, or getting it for free from, from rice farmers and then creating clothing bags, different products, anything textiles from that. And happy accident that they, they tell us they're actually employing disadvantaged women in the factories. So there you've got another good reason for repurposing materials and another good reason to, to, to talk about sustainability or ethical manufacturing in the class. So yeah, just another reason. So like, yeah. And you, you, you use what, what's available for you. So, you know, and it allows, it's, allows us to introduce some of those, you know, just basic skills from the workshop, basic hand tools, um, the kid, that's where they get into, you know, often their first little interaction with, with um, metals as well, mm. with old biscuit tins and coffee tins, that type of thing. Um, Blood everywhere. And that's where their name goes up on the, the wall of shame. If they the wall, draw yeah. blood, the name goes up. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, using the riveter and all that type of stuff, something a bit different. Stuff they wouldn't normally be used used to doing. Yeah, I suppose. using using fastness. That's what they're not used to doing. So <laughs> it's a good one for them. Uh, I've got a vendetta against screws. I think only Phillips had screws. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why I said that. Uh, Out of all the all the units, I guess there are three that um, I I feel work really well and and are adaptable to any situation. Who knows? They may not be successful in, in your environment if you try them um, or you may be able to bring in some elements that make it even better. So yeah, that, well, that, there, there you go. I've, I've, I've got, got us another good segue. So what if you don't have anything? What are you going to do? If you've got a unit that you planned all year and now you're sitting behind your hilariously big microphone like I am right now on Zoom, what do you do? Yes. You just pray and hope and is that the direction we're going to go with this, or where where, where you plan to go somewhere else? Yeah, I reckon we can we can put a uh, a plug in this and put a stopper on that. Yeah, drop us a line and let us know what you think of those. Um, if you have similar units, or if you've got some some crackers out there that you think are worth promoting. Um, but anyway, uh, enough from us because um, if we continue rambling on our very small listener pool will diminish even further. Uh, so we we might end it on that note. I think, David. What do you think? I th- yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think yeah, it's the uh, the classic "keep it simple, stupid" when you're making a unit is the uh, the definite mantra behind all three of those. But uh, yeah, enough from us. And yeah, uh, so join us join us next week. Uh, we've got one that's probably a little more uh, appropriate to the majority of the world at the moment. We're going to talk about Zoom design, where you are teaching your design class remotely. Or, or, Google, or, or Google Meets design or, or Skype design or, I don't know, carrier pigeon design, whatever platform you're being forced to use for your distance learning disaster. Yeah, whatever. I think, but I think, uh, you know, everyone just 
people that zooming now because uh 12 months ago not many people knew <laughs> knew much about zoom <laughs> yeah yes righto yeah so join us next week um and yeah hopefully we can uh alleviate some um anxiety or or you know maybe we talk about some things that didn't work so save you the trouble of that or give you some tips on what can do so join us in happy days see you later i had a few more words in my head that were coming out but i didn't get to them. the hardest thing about teaching design is remembering not to stop halfway through writing the word analysis. <laughs> you have been listening to The Learning Factory. Thank you for your attention. End of recording. <laughs>